the Giants look to make it two games in a row Sunday against the miserable Redskins. Our buddy Steve Serby drops by to preview the game and talk about Daniel Jones's return behind center. We're also joined by Super Bowl champion giant Steve Diossi. All that and a whole lot more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Jimmy Fallon. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, and write a nice review, would you? Tis the season. We will gladly take it. Steve Serby and Steve Diossi join us today. Let's get it on. The Giants trying to make it two in a row this week against the Redskins. We got an early Christmas present last week with that big victory at home. Eli, Eli did the thing and, and made us all laugh and cry and... Uh, kiss a Sunday afternoon goodbye. But joining us now is a man uh, we are excited to say hello to uh, because he is pound for pound the best guest on this show right now, Steve Serby. Hey, man. You mean right this second? That's absolutely. That's what, you know, like they say, you don't have to be the best team in the world. You just got to be the best team in the room. Isn't that what they say? That's what they say. Meanwhile, the Blue Rush has a one-game winning streak. We're hot, Serby. We're hot. Cue the theme song from the Jeffersons. We are moving on up. Uh, trying to make it two in a row this week against the Redskins. But before we get there, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Steve Serby. Well, same to you. Uh, are you done, all done with your shopping? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, you know, Jenny Fail is a queen, so I get her a White Castle gift card. And, uh, you know, bowling. And uh, Lincoln Fela, uh is at an eight. Uh, he's at 11. He's 11 years old. So he tells you what, you want, what he wants now. Like, he's post-Santa. So he's like, he's in on the gig now. Gives you a short list. It's like having a second wife, basically. But and what did, what, what did you get for me? Oh, the Serbinator, I have a nice bottle of Michter's whiskey for you when I run into you. A fine bottle, because that's what I drink, so I just buy it and give it to all my friends. So, yeah, deal yourself in, Serbs. Knowing you, it's probably half empty. Well, listen, the point is, it's a gift, all right? You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to look a gift horse in, the, in its slurring mouth, Steve Serbi. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I appreciate the thought. Uh-huh. Uh, are, you, are you making it to the failures for Christmas? You stood us up on Thanksgiving. Well, I know. You gave me the wrong address. I told you. <laughs> Serby just couldn't find the end zone. You were like the Giants for a little while there, but we're back. I'll be, I'll be there. What are we? What are we serving? Uh, you know what, Serbs? The Fala family because we're we're Italian, but my mom is Polish, so we have like a hybrid of like the Italian feast with the fish and the Polish with the pierogies. And we, oh, nice. Yeah, we call it pierogi. We call it the feast of the seven flushes. It's uh, it's slightly different than the fish one, but uh, it's a good night, sir. It's a good night. But, but let's talk about the hottest team in the NFL, the New York Football Giants. Thirty six points last week. We're hot. We're the hot team. We're the one everybody's talking about. We're the team nobody wants to play, sir. Do you buy into any of this? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> you're the team everybody wants to play. Now I'm just curious. You're a, you're a big Giants fan, so uh-huh. how are you approaching the Chase Young Bowl on Sunday? Oh, man. I Listen, I want them to get him because I come from an Ohio State family, too. So I've watched him play up close all year. He's great. I mean, he didn't have a good game against Michigan. And they double teamed him a lot, which is exactly what's going to happen to him in the NFL, which is so that's a little disconcerting. But on the whole, he is a transformative player. And I think his physical attributes exceed those of the Bosa brothers. So I want him and I'd like to see the Giants lose. Now, we had this talk the other day on the show. I don't think Daniel Jones should be on the field again this year because there's nothing to play for. And it just seems silly to me that we'd risk injuring him, you know, for the sole purpose of possibly, you know, building, getting a little more experience. I don't agree with it. 
Well, no, I I do I disagree with you. I the more the more snaps the kid plays, the better. Let him go out on a on a winning note, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. He's lost eight straight games, <laughs> so you know he was a spectator watching Eli Manning uh, yep. bid adieu. But uh, no, he he's got to play. He's the starter, and um, the, like I said, the more snaps this kid can get, the mm-hmm. better. And maybe maybe he goes in there and beats. The quarterback who wanted to play for the Giants, Dwayne Haskins. You know, that'd be exciting. And and I liked Dwayne Haskins, but you and Schwartz told me that he didn't have the foot speed and the Giants just weren't interested. But he has a big arm and he's looked better. He has looked better. Oh, absolutely looked better. But and he also didn't have uh, Bill Parcells always used to like college quarterbacks who had four years experience Haskins had one as a starter and that factored into the Giants decision as well yep uh well something to think about with Haskins is uh last week up in in one of the boxes was his former coach Urban Meyer looking down on the Redskins do you think there's any truth to that uh rumor that Urban Meyer could be coming to join Daniel Snyder in the skins uh look Urban Meyer wants to get back in the game uh, and if he plays his cards right he could he could set up a nice bidding war between uh, Daniel Snyder and Jerry Jones. Oh, that's true. He'd make the big money. And, you know, when you mentioned that, it brings me back to the Giants because there was that rumor, you know, about four weeks ago, people were floating this idea of Jason Garrett coming to the to the, to the Giants. I don't, no, no, I, it's Tom Coughlin, next coach. Because <laughs> he just got fired by Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. So that ain't going to happen. But I don't even no. want – I don't want Jason Garrett. What has Jason Garrett done? In Dallas, with a lot more talent than we've had over the course of the same run, I haven't seen no, anything he, out of him that tells me he's going to save our franchise. No, I told you the best possible selection, if if Gettleman stays and there's uncertainty over whether he will, uh, would be Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Ron the Rivera guy. has been to a Super Bowl, was 15-1, and one, won three consecutive uh, division titles, and is a leader of men. Um, he's, he is what the giants need. He need a CEO type yep. who has the respect of everybody in football. No, I'm into that. I would like Ron Rivera is a hire. I would like what I get frustrated by this time of year is there's always a surging playoff team with a hot young coordinator that becomes the, the top of everybody's list, the trendy pick, but we've seen so many coordinators fail to make the jump. And it drives me crazy because this team more than any team needs an experienced coach. So I love a Ron Rivera pick if that's a thing. We gotta get we gotta get on the phone. We gotta throw our weight around, sir. But do you think the owners would listen yeah. to us? Well, look, the Giants the Giants can't afford to mis- to make another mistake. If they if they fire Shermer, as everybody believes they will, they need an established head coach. And to me, it's Ron Rivera or Mike McCarthy. Okay. Or or Matt Rule, who has some NFL experience. Interviewed with the Jets last year, almost got the job. If they would have let him let him hire his own staff, he would have. Uh, so those are the three guys, and you've got you can't make a mistake. If you're going to fire Shermer after two years, after firing McAdoo after two years, you better you better not make a mistake. Yeah, you got to get right. Let me ask you this: uh, Do you know what happened with Mike McCarthy after he got run out of Green Bay? Because there was a second there where he was being floated as a trendy Jets pick. And uh, he never really interviewed anywhere last year. He just kind of no, came no. He interviewed, interviewed with, with the, the Jets. Jets. Yeah, I know. But beyond that, it wasn't a lot of interest in him around the league. No, there was a um, uh, scuttlebutt that his offense had grown stale, and there were concerns about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers at the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, look, 
The guy's an established head coach. He's won a Super Bowl. Beggars can't be choosers. No, I'm with, listen, I'm with you. I, I think he'd actually be a decent pick. You need somebody on the level of him and Rivera that are going to bring that panache to the franchise. I, I don't think the fan base is excited about the idea of growing pains. We don't want somebody learning on the job at this point. We want somebody, you know, basically expanding on what they already know, which is what I think. No, the idea, the idea in 2019 was to have these these kids led by Daniel Jones up and running in 2020. Yep. And the Giants have been three and 13, five and 11, and three and 11 the last three years. The waiting is over. It's it's it's. This franchise has to get off the mat and start winning. No, I'm with you there. Uh, you guys uh, both talk about every week the whole Dave Gettleman situation. And, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's an opening in the front office potentially coming, and there's one that was let go who was an old name that was in town. Uh, oh, would you, you stop were, it? If you were early for this show, you might know him well, and his name his... goes by Tom Coughlin. Yes, we were just mentioning him. He's not coming back. Where I'd love to have go? him back. Uh, he probably goes golfing. Or goes and hangs out with his family. You wouldn't consider bringing him back if you're the Giants? As a GM, Serby? this is, uh, Serby, before you answer, I want you to give you my take. Um, I think no, because I think having a former head coach upstairs, you know, cast a shadow over whoever the current coach is. And I think that might be a negative and a distraction that would undermine the current coach. But Serby, you're Serby, so let's hear from you. Well, I would I would welcome Coughlin back in a some kind of advisory mm-hmm. or consultant role, which was being considered by John Myra after Coughlin quote unquote stepped down. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the guy's got a wealth of a wealth of knowledge. He knows the franchise. Well, he'd be a resource and he's at 76 years old. Maybe that would be amenable to him now. Yep. I mean, I could see that like a limited capacity type deal. Uh, and listen, we love Tom Coughlin. He's been, he's been fantastic. Uh, but I think what's going to happen is if I, I don't actually think Gettleman's getting fired. I think Shermer's getting fired. I think Gettleman's getting another year because they're paying so many people who aren't part of this organization already, and that really hasn't been their M.O. You know, they the Giants have long favored continuity as a franchise, so I think Gettleman might actually survive. Am I crazy, Serby? No, you're not crazy. I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised if, if they did fire him. Mm-hmm. They're very fond of him, um, and, and like they, they don't fire GMs after two years, so— yeah. Look, Gettleman has had a rocky two years, but he did draft Daniel Jones. Boom. And uh, and some of his young players with better coaching look like they could be players. He's had some good draft choices. Yep. Slayton in the fifth round, Ryan Connolly in the fifth round, and uh, we're just starting to see flashes from Sam Beal and DeAndre Baker. So it would surprise me, but remember, Gettleman is 68 years old. Mm-hmm. Maybe – Maybe there's a question as to how long he wants to do it, in which case, in which case, John Mara may be prompted to make a change. Well, here's the thing, though. He is 68 years old, but Coughlin is 76. So I don't see a world where we bump out 68 for 76 if the age is a concern. No, but no, here's like the I big said, question. Here's the big question, Serby. Yeah. The Giants are two point underdogs this week. Uh, who does a guy that, like who, who do we throw our money behind? Do we go to are we winning two in a row? Uh, I'm yeah. I like the Giants. They um, uh, the the Redskins are. They lost Brandon Scherf, their right guard. Um, although they have one more Pro Bowl player than the Giants do. You know who that is? Oh, give it to me. 
the punter Tress yes, Way. Very good. I I thought about it and it, it froze my brain. Yeah, they have <laughs> they got us by one. Here's the thing, though, Serbs, on the money line. If we want to get if we want to get a little risky, the Giants are plus one twelve, which means you give up the two points, you just bet them to win the game straight up, and we'll get back twelve cents on the dollar. What do you think? Yeah. You take it. Um, I, I, I'm pick, I'm picking the Giants in this game. Wow. I'm picking the Giants. Yep. Well, you're my life Much- coach. So, uh, Lincoln Fela, if you're listening, if Santa doesn't make it down the chimney this year, you can thank Uncle Steve. <laughs> Tell him he got the reindeer ran into a problem at Uncle Steve's house. Are, are you winning? Are you winning any bets this year or no? I've been doing good. Don't forget, we had that big bet where we took the Giants with the points in Detroit. If you remember that. Uh, lost the game and covered. Uh, we took them last week, so we've won a few of these games. Don't you bet the Giants every week? <laughs> it's you, not you must true. be bankrupt. They're not point. a bad team against the spread. That's what everybody forgets. Is the worst teams in the league are usually some of the best against the spread because they're always getting points. But serves. Anyway, I like the I like the Giants because at least Daniel Jones, except for Evan Ingram, has has his weapons t- to yeah. throw to. Mm-hmm. Haskins has his college teammate Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. the rookie who's going to be a great – he's going to be a really good player. Yep. And beyond that, he's got another rookie named Kelvin Harmon and a guy named Steven Sims, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. And and all, they, all the Giants really should focus on is stopping Adrian Peterson and making Dwayne Haskins beat them. Well, I, listen, man, I think it's a great plan. I'd love to see them execute it. I can't spend two Christmases in a row under an overpass. You know what I mean, Serbia? It gets cold out there for me. They're six and eight yeah. against the spread, yeah. by the way. Six, <laughs> six and eight. So right. don't it's tell me bad. they're good against that's the spread. That's not bad. It's under five hundred. They're in a hunt, but I don't bet them every week. I've had a lot of the. I've had more of the sixes than I have the eights. I will have you know. Thank you, man. Happy holidays, buddy. Well, same to you. I'll be there again. Send me the right address this time. <laughs> All right, here we go. Rock and roll. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Let's take you into the world of Sam's fantasy this week for the fantasy championship game with our New York Post fantasy football writer, Samantha Praviti. What's up, fantasy players? Let's run through half of the weekend slate and let you know who to start and who to sit in the fantasy football finals. Let's start with the Jags and Falcons in the Dirty South. Star Austin Hooper. He's been unimpressive since returning from injury, but the good news is he's still one of Matty Ice's favorite targets. Sit, Dee Dee Westbrook. DD was held to two catches for 14 yards last week, and it looks like DJ Chark should return for this game. It's a battle for the seller in the NFC East, Giants at Redskins. Star Adrian Peterson. The Redskins' backfield is devoid of any competition for Peterson, who has scored in three straight games. Sit, Darius Slayton. Slayton only had three targets last week to Sterling Shepard's 11. He'll remain the number two option in a feeble Giants offense. Locke versus Blau, ew. The Lions are at the Broncos. Start Cortland Sutton. He's got a ton of upside in this juicy matchup against a struggling Lions secondary this week. Sit, Carrion Johnson. Carrion is set to return from IR this week, but don't expect too much from him after such a long absence. The Raiders look to stop losing in LA. Start Mike Williams. He caught four of nine targets for 71 yards and a touchdown last week and gets another plush matchup against the Raiders. Sit, Tyrell Williams. He's been boomer bust all season, but mostly bust. You can't trust him in the championship game. It's first versus last in the NFC West. Cardinals at Seahawks. Start Jacob Hollister. Death, taxes, and start your tight ends against the Cardinals. Seriously, they're the worst in the league against tight ends. Sit, David Johnson. He's clearly lost his role in this offense after Kenyon Drake's three touchdown game last week. Three attempts for six yards? No thank you. On to a game that's probably going to decide the NFC East. Cowboys at Eagles. Start Miles Sanders. 
He's been the workhorse back since Jordan Howard's been out with a shoulder injury. He put up monster numbers last week and scored twice. Sit, Dak Prescott. He's banged up and coach Jason Garrett said Dak is having trouble functioning. The Bears are playing for pride against the Chiefs. Star, David Montgomery. He's getting tons of volume out of the backfield and faces a bad Chiefs run defense this week. Sit, LaShawn McCoy. Shady had fewer touches than Darwin Thompson and Spencer Ware last week. You can't trust Shady or anyone else for this matter in this three-headed mess. It's primetime Kirk against the pack. Uh Uh-oh. Start, Mike Boone. Boone picked up a pair of touchdowns last week, and he will be the number one guy if both Dalvin Cook and Alex Mattinson sit. Sit, Kirk Cousins. Elite Kirk had another fantasy dud last week and had one touchdown and one interception. Ew. And that's all for Sam's Fantasy for the rest of the year. You can read my Start Sit articles as well as the rest of fantasy football coverage at nypost.com. Go crush it in your finals. Joining us now on the show, not only is he a Super Bowl champion with the Giants, but a former first-round pick in the USFL by none other than the president of the United States' New Jersey Generals, Steve Diossi, joins the Blue Rush Show. Hey, Steve Diossi. Hey guys, how are you? Good man. We don't get a lot of USFL talk on this show. Uh, what's it like being a former USFL first round pick? Does that come up a lot in conversation? Uh, it's, it, it's funny. It actually came up in conversation with uh, Donald Trump himself, maybe about a year before he uh, started his campaign for for president. I saw him at the uh, at Madison Square Garden down in the at a uh, a Rangers game down in the. VIP section. I hadn't seen him in 20 plus years, and I went to introduce, uh, uh, reintroduce myself to him, and and uh, he said, "I said, hey, Mr. Trump, I'd like to see you." Oh, I, I remember you, Steve. How are you? I, it's a shame I never, never, never got to play for me, but I loved it. I'm like, oh, I probably would have, but <laughs> yeah. as it worked out, uh, it was great. It was great. Uh, and then, he, and then, and then out of nowhere, he asked me how my son was doing. Uh, he's still with the Giants, so like. I, I'm, I was surprised that he knew. You played with Lawrence Taylor. I don't know that Lawrence Taylor uh, would have thrived in a social media age. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he would have been. That would have been a, a, a lot of collateral damage uh, with, with a, a number of uh, uh, number of the guys that that, uh, that hung out too. So it's uh, yeah, you're right. It would. It's, it's, uh, and you know what? If it keeps guys in line. Good for the, good for that. That's that's one of the few good things that serves. Do you have any cool Lawrence Taylor stories? I mean, uh, Jimmy's been told stories by Mark Bavaro about Lawrence Taylor getting a football thrown at him by Bavaro, and LT just laughed it off. Uh, you have any cool LT memories being a guy that played the same position uh, with him with the Giants? There's a well, we, we may have played linebacker, but he was in a different stratosphere. I, I was. I spent half the game marveling watching LT, marveling the things that he did. So, but then, you know, the, the one thing, you know, in certain terms of football and, and ability, uh, athletic ability, we used to catch, uh, we used to go after practice because I was pretty good at catching punts, believe it or not. And, and LT was very good at, at catching punts. So, one glance that it would take 10 or 15 punts at the, uh, after practice, and the two of us would, would go there and we'd, uh, uh, we'd, Alternate uh, trying to catch the punts and everything, and uh, we both caught four in a row. And and my fourth one was just like a ridiculous, just run it down and catch it in full stride uh, uh, catch. And I'm just talking smack to LT the whole time. So he he gets up, Landetta sets up to kick it, and LT's got a football in his hand already. And then Landetta just cranks one 
15 yards over uh, LT's head. He just he just turns, runs, got the football in his hand, runs, plants his feet, turns around. The ball's coming down. He throws the ball that he's holding up in the air, catches the punt with one arm, and then catches the ball that he just the tossed in the air with the other hand. And looks at me, drops both footballs, and walks off the field. <laughs> uh, how, how do you compete? How do you compete with that kind of athlete? It's, it's just, it's, you know, it's, and it was, you know, and then for, on the field, on the field, he, there was. I think we were playing. I think pretty sure it was the uh, the Redskins, and early, very early in the game, he, uh, uh, I think it was the the tight end, or, or no, no, it wasn't. It was the uh, it was uh, uh, I think it was Joe Jacoby, the left tackle, hit him late. In the back, uh, very early in the game, and it and it basically pissed off LP, and so he starts just talking and yapping, and the whole time, just from for the entire game, having a conversation uh, with uh, with Joe Jacoby, and just telling him, "All right, now I'm going to do a slap swim. You can't stop this. I'm going to I'm going to come underneath you. I'm going to do this," and calling him all sorts of names and his family names, and just dog talking him the whole time, and and uh, and I'm. I'm um, my uh, plenty of thoughts going through my head, and I'm thinking, I'm here, I'm 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 up to my eyeballs, just you know, trying to be part of this defense, and he's over there having a conversation and dominating uh, the game, and and then we're watching the film, and and, and I'm I, this this was three and a half quarters, and I'm and we're watching the film the next day, and and there were at least and I'm I'm a defensive signal caller, and I had to call some of the adjustments, and I had to call out formations and strengths and blah blah all that stuff. And there were at least six plays where at the snap of the ball where I should be looking at my triangle read, the guard, the fullback, the center, whatever, the off guard, whatever. And there were at least six plays where my head was 100 and I'm sorry, 90 degrees turned towards LT at the snap of the ball because I'm sitting there looking at him, uh, uh, just marveling at, at some of the things that are coming out of his mouth. Uh, uh, to to you. and and then he's executing. He's telling him, "I'm going to do a, a rip slap swim, whatever," and and executing it. And and he's having a conversation the whole time. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what would it be like to be an athlete like that, where you just not only do your job better than anyone's ever done it, uh, but but just carry on the conversation the whole time. And I was uh, there was at least six times I was a half a step slow because at the snap of the ball, I'm looking at LT waiting to hear the next thing that came out of his mouth, and it was just phenomenal. It was just the best. You played two stints under Bill Parcells. It's rare that, you know, a guy went multiple different teams with Bill Parcells. Phil McConkey told us the story of he made Phil catch punts for hours and hours with an eye patch. I mean, he was a pirate out there catching punts, and Parcells was a, was a warrior, man. He made guys go at it. What's your best Bill Parcells story? The most, of the most fun one was... Uh, um, early on, when I uh, came in, uh, uh, when I came in in '89, uh, and and was uh, fortunate enough, uh, fortunately Harry Carson retired, so because Harry was there, I wasn't going to see the field, but I uh, earned the starting job, and, and I, I think it was Washington we were playing. I'm not 100 percent sure, uh, and uh, they, you know, Washington used to run that that OT where they pull the offside guard and the offside tackle and. One of their big running backs uh, would follow those mooses through the through the hole, and and uh, my job was, you know, uh, you know, having guys like Carl Banks and Pepper Johnson and LT around. Me. My job was basically take out the interference and 
and uh, take out as many of the blockers as I could and whatnot. So I studied and and saw everything and worked real hard. And I was all kind of one of the early plays in the in the game. I uh, I saw that they, I knew it. I saw the one of their guards would always cheat about six inches closer to the center if he was going to pull, and and the uh, and the tackle would put uh, the the tackle would put uh, like two fingers down instead of a full hand down on the, on the ground and. And, or all five fingers on the ground. I knew it was coming. I knew the play was coming, and I saw it. I read it before him. I pre-snap reads, the, the the situation, the down, the distance, all of these things led me to believe that it was the OT. So it was the OT, and I saw it, and I shot the gap. And I had the, I can't remember which running back it was, Riggs, or I don't know who it was, but uh, I had them running back dead to right uh, in the in the backfield for about three or four yards loss, and uh, and he gets away from me. He goes around and gets about eight yards. And anyway, we stop him a few plays later, and we're sitting on the sideline. And, uh, we're on the side on the bench, and, and I'm sitting there with with LT and Pepper and Carl and and uh, and Parcells comes over to me, and he's spitting and steaming, and he's, he's like, "What the hell are you doing out there? What are you doing on that OT play?" I'm like, "I right, coach, I, I saw." I saw a gap. I, I thought I could make a play, and I shot the gap. He goes, oh, you thought you could make a play, did you? I said, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, okay, great. Well, look around you. What do you see? And, and he's pointing to the guy. I'm like, well, I see my I see my, my boys, my backers. I see T and Terry. He goes, here's what I see. And he points to each one of them. I see a thoroughbred, a thoroughbred, a thoroughbred. And he points a finger in my chest and says, I see a mule right here. I don't need you. I don't need you thinking you can make plays. I actually have real athletes that can make those plays. <laughs> you need to do what you're supposed to do. You know, and of course, of course, the guys are like, they're, they're snickering and laughing, and, you know, and, and, and he just stomps away. And I'm like, oh, man, you got to be good. Now he comes back. Now, and this is pure Parcells fashion. He comes back maybe 30, 40 seconds later and says, look, Steve, I know what I'm asking you to do isn't glamorous it's not fun and i'm sure it's pretty painful but you need to do that so that we can stop that play because pepper's not going to do it and i look over at pepper pepper's like nope nope i'm not going to do that uh, and he, he he goes from just like hilariously ripping me and tearing me down and he comes back and says if you don't get this done we can't we can't stop this play so it was it was pure parcels where he just was hilarious in in getting his hilarious, but he still got his point across, and he comes back and says, "Look, this is how the, this is how the things fit with uh, uh, with what you're supposed to do and how we're supposed to attack this play." And, and it was a to me that was vintage Parcells, just fun, hilarious as you could be in terms of getting his message across and getting a real message across, but then explaining you know why it was important and how it was important. Your son Zach Diaz is on injured reserve right now, out for the year. Won two Super Bowls with the Giants. Uh, been here forever, over a dozen years. Do you know what he's thinking right now? Is is this the end of the road for the Giants? Is is he going to retire after the season? Have you spoken with him about uh, it? You know what? We we actually don't talk a lot of football. You know, we talk more about the grandchildren than anything else. But uh, uh, you know, I think he's just going to take a uh, a couple of months off. He doesn't have to make any decisions right away. And, uh, he's just going to spend time with the family and enjoy uh, the holidays. You know, start thinking about it in in a, in a you know few weeks or a month or whatever, and and talk with his family and discuss it with his uh, with his wife and, and the people uh, uh, that he loves and 
and the opinions that he respects, both you know, in and out of the organization, and uh, he'll make up his mind from there. He's, he's in no hurry. He's, you know, unlike his uh, unlike his dad, he's uh, he's a smart kid, and he's, he's he was good with his money, and he stays in shape year round, and you know, and uh, tall, lean, good-looking, athletic kids. And I probably should have got a DNA test before I paid all that child support. <laughs> but, but no, no, well, no, as I say those things, uh, but. I think he's just gonna relax and take as it comes. There's no, uh, he doesn't have to make a decision today. He doesn't have to make a decision for a few, for a couple of months. So he's just gonna see where things take him. And, and uh, he's he loves loves the Giants, loves being around the Giants, loves the fact that he was able to spend at least 13 years with the organization. And, and uh, he uh, he told me after a couple of years uh, uh, in the league, he says, I can tell, I can tell why you, uh, you loved your time with the Giants. He told me the closing side, so I can tell why you loved your time with the Giants, both the, uh, the ups and the downs. Just it's a, a great organization, a great place to play football. You made plenty of plays today. So we thank you for joining us. This was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, uh, uh, anytime I'll, uh, I'll see you down there. Uh, I'm probably coming down for the uh, last game of the season, so I'll, I'll be around and uh, uh, enjoy your holidays and uh, the best to your families. Rock and roll. Give the best. Steve Diossi. There he goes. Merry Christmas, pal. Take care. Let me bring in our producer, Jake Brown, as we take a look at the betting lines in the NFL this week with Brown's Best Bets. What it do, Jimmy? It's Brown's Best Bets for week 16. In the NFL, where I tell you my three best bets against the spread and give you my three-team parlay. Because parlays have been injected into my veins like steroids on Mark McGuire in 1997. We'll start with the parlay. Three-team parlay, 25 bucks, cashes you 150 And 50 bucks if you got the Christmas money stocked up or you want to get it out of your piggy bank, will get you $300. And you could take your lady out to a nice Del Frisco's dinner. Part one of your three-team parlay. Take the over 37 in Bills Patriots. Listen, anytime the number's under 40, they're begging me to take the over, and they'll get me every time. They dropped 34 last week. The Bills averaged 21, Patriots averaged 26. Sorry, no inclement weather coming. Taking over 37 and a half in Foxborough. Part two of your three-team parlay, Rams 49ers. The 49ers are scoring right now. As I'm speaking, they just scored another touchdown. Take the over 45 in what should be a shootout. And finally, the Packers are five-point underdog in Minnesota against the Vikings. Primetime Kirk is something you don't like. You take the Packers as five-point underdogs in Minnesota. And plus, Dalvin Cook's probably sitting out in this game. So the Packers are covering. They're a better team, and I have no idea why they're five-point underdogs here. If they don't win this game outright, they're going to cover the five-point spread. All right, your first best bet against the spread. The Saints are two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Titans. Put some respect on their name. The Saints are a much better team than the Tennessee Titans. I have not bought into them. They're winning this game by at least a touchdown. The Titans will show their true colors here in the final couple of weeks. So hammer the Saints. Bet number two. Another team getting disrespected is the Texans. They just beat the Titans on the road in convincing fashion. And guess what? They are only three and a half point favorites against the seven and seven Bucks. The Bucks are not good. They don't have a run game. And I know Jameis Winston's numbers are through the roof, but expect them to throw some interceptions against the Texans D. 
The Texans win this game by at least a touchdown. If you want to be safe, buy the point and make it two and a half. But I don't see the Texans having trouble in Tampa. And the grand finale of your three best bets. The Jaguars are seven-point underdogs against the Falcons in the Dirty Dirty. The Falcons are not good. The Jaguars are not good. That equals a game that's going to be ugly and probably a lot closer than seven points. Be safe by the half point, but I don't see the Jaguars really getting smacked around here. I think it's going to be a close game. Take the Jaguars plus seven and a half. And that's a wrap for Brown's best bets in the NFL for week 16. When you cash out your winnings this week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to book a cameo of Mariah Carey singing All I Want for Christmas is You and send it to your significant other, and they will love you for the rest of their lives. Good luck in week 16, degenerates. We'll talk to you next week. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing another A-plus effort. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting NewYorkPost.com. We will be back Monday recapping the Giants game against the lowly Redskins. Good gosh, we got to pull this out. See you next week.